Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. I'm glad that you joined us today. Today, my guest is a person many of you will find very interesting and relevant. She will talk to us about a phase of life that many are going through, and increasingly many who will be going through. I've been wanting to do this podcast for several months now, and glad that we can talk today. My guest today is Carol Emerson Hill. So Carol, welcome to The Cubic Report. Thank you so much, Vic. I've been listening to your podcast since you started, and they've always been so uplifting and encouraging and amazingly informative. And I'm just honored to be asked to, um, to be able to speak here today. Well, Thank you. Well, I appreciate those <laughs> kind words. And I'd like to, first of all, answer a question that you might have. Well, who is Carol Emerson Hill? Well, Carol is a Hudson certified coach specializing in career and retirement transitions. And that's actually the topic that we will be talking about today. We'll be discussing the topic of retirement. Both of us are retired and are very well acquainted with the topic, not because we're retired, but because both of us have worked in fields where we have talked to other people and have been instrumental in other people retiring. We'll be talking about the subject from the standpoint of retirement being a transition. Now, you can find out more about Carol on LinkedIn, but she has been a senior consultant, career management, executive coach, career coach, resume and interview consultant, career and retirement management, executive coach, all kinds of positions. Carol, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, sure. Thank you, Vic, for um, asking. So I actually found myself um, in a role that I never even knew existed in about 2001 after being laid off from National Semiconductor in the field of human resources. And I ventured into what they call outplacement, which is actually helping people who are in transition from one company and uh, to a new career. At that point, it was common for companies to actually buy programs that would be supportive of the people that were being laid off. And so I also found myself, you know, in that position. So kind of understanding what they were going through. And I was whammed, bashed into the crash of the dot-com crash of 2001, and I can just say that there was one company that was a customer of ours that had 90,000 people. Many people feel that they did something wrong. And when they come into my office, why didn't I, why was I the one chosen? But when you look at the massive amounts of people um, and really the smaller amount of individuals was for performance. And then I was involved in the 2008 crash. So I was there in, at the organization for almost, let's see, at least 18 years, maybe longer. And I moved from being a, in, an in-office coach, career, uh, career center coach out at Intel into managing the office and then managing six offices and then managing the Northern California and the Northwest markets. That's kind of an overview of my my role um, at, at the uh, organization that I worked for. So, Carol, how are you doing today? Where are you at? Um, well, one of the things that I would say is how am I today is I'm actually retired now. I moved out of the organization that I was working for about 
mm, probably it's been five years now. I had a very, very uh, amazing and wonderful job. Uh, I never could have imagined being able to do what I was able to do and help the people that I was able to help. It was, it was an amazing, wonderful time. I worked with people that were smart and I mean, I loved the conversations. I loved learning. I, not just my, the people that were on my team, but the people that were my clients Mm -hmm. and I, I learned an amazing amount from them. We worked through, you know, the ups and downs and the emotions that you go through. Um, And what we did was we worked with people and we call it transition because there's so many different transitions. You know, some people are, I need to get the exact same job back. Some people are, I hated my job. I want something different. And some people are, I'm really tired and I'm coming to a point where I don't think I want to do the same thing anymore, including retirement. So those conversations were a process, you know, um, over time and coaching workshops, classes, assessments, and teaching through those assessments and coaching, a lot, a lot of coaching. Um, and I can say that sometimes my clients helped me just as much as I helped them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, it's extremely fulfilling. And so Today, you know, I mean, in leaving that role, um, there's a really big impact that you don't realize. I decided to leave my job um, because I was, I got married. I'd been single for 26 years and I met a wonderful gentleman and who was also, he was a widower um, and he was also retired because he took care of his wife for Mm -hmm. three years. So, and so then we (laughs) found ourselves getting up in the morning and going, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> I know that we had a very similar circumstances. We had certain similarities in how we faced the subject of retirement. I might just say a few things about mine, if you don't mind, Carol. Oh, please do. Yeah. Because, you know, retirement is a subject that was part of my business. I was directing the ministerial services and church administration and had to talk to people about the inevitable, the end of their career, the end of their employment. And it came in different ways. And it was, I probably talked to more people about retirement than, than anybody is from the standpoint of just the human side of it and facing certain unknowns. And basically, I told Carol that we're going to be talking about retirement, not from the standpoint of finances, but from the emotional self-worth um, point of view. I've talked to a lot of people about this, and some were very happy and very open to it. And there are others who were not very, very happy and just very, very fearful, and some were even very, very angry. So this is part of uh, what has kind of driven here. And then what's interesting about me in my particular case is that I've had to go now through retirement and had to, so to speak, uh, face some of the things that I would talk to people about, not really knowing how how it would work out, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. And so th- 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 that was the thing that was hard. I think there was maybe some of that that was very similar to you, right, Carol? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's you do get a little bit caught off guard. Um, I I think sometimes more so when you don't realize that you have to be retired. Um, I chose to, um, but I. I did not realize the impact. And I was thinking back on some of the training that I did in, in times past. And there was a re- recalling the stages of grief, grief by Elizabeth 
Kubler-Ross. And when you look at those stages, denial and anger and bargaining and depression and acceptance, you know, we, we, we think that and we teach that, but when it's us, we don't consider that we're human mm-hmm. and that we're, <laughs> we're going to probably experience some of these things too. You know, I also was in human resources um, my earlier career before I was working in career management. I think that people who are retiring, especially, you know, my familiarity was more in the high tech region of California. They didn't want to, you know, and and I also think when you've had a really fulfilling career and people know you and you're important and you have all this interaction going on and then they tell you that you have to go, there's, there's oftentimes things to work through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really hard. I can imagine as, you know, being in a, in, in a capacity of, let's just say in an, in a minister ministerial capacity to become number two, you know, mm-hmm. in a congregation where you were number one. Well, I know that, uh, the day finally came, you know, and it kind of came, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat suddenly, although, you know, it was something to be expected, you know, the board had made a decision to move on with somebody new. And I was very happy for nine wonderful years, you know, that I had yeah. in, in my particular role. And I loved it. So were we, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. I know that mm-hmm. people ask me, what was the best trip that I have ever taken? And I said, the, the, the <laughs> most enjoyable trip that I, that I have ever taken was from my home to the home office, <laughs> you know, yeah. because yeah. I really enjoyed the interaction with uh, all the people there. You know, we had a fantastic family-like team spirit. And I feel that generally speaking, everybody liked one another and everybody really worked for the betterment of the organization. And then, you know, all of a sudden that kind of came to an end. And then I found myself not being on mailing lists and <laughs> dropped. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, what is what is the meaning of all this? All these things that <laughs> I had, I had, you know, on uh, that that I was always a part of. All of a sudden, it wasn't that. But yeah. as I think we'll talk here in some of the advice that you gave, uh, there are actually very very good rainbows beyond this. Mm-hmm. I'm relating in some ways to another thing that happened inside of my work and uh, in the r- world of career management. And we had just gotten this huge um, accomplishment plaque that we were the number one in the country. And thank you very much. Pat on the back. Let's send them away to Scottsdale, Arizona to celebrate. And then on a Sunday night at 930, my phone rang and my boss was crying and she said, tomorrow you have to lay off your teams. We're closing four of your offices. And oh, by the way, you're no longer going to be who you are, right? I met with a $10,000 decrease in my salary. And that's how I got to go to sleep that night. And I knew the next day that I had to lay off people that were my friends. These were very good friends. But, but what happened with me after that was, and I had the same experience, I went from knowing all the financials of the organization and managing all that to no one's talking to you, getting an email from somebody somewhere back east that says, why haven't you changed your title? Mm-hmm. You know, it's on your email address. And I was so insulted and hurt and to not be in the the role and to be off the mailing list not invited and oh man i'll tell you that that was that was really difficult and it, i was i was pretty angry mm-hmm. for about 6 months but you know what i'll tell you just a quick outcome of that was the year after that the boss that laid me off lost her job and what i realized is that if i had stayed in the role that i was in i would not have had a job at all 
and top that off is that what I loved most was the coaching part of it. So I was able to do some things that I was really good at and got such, uh, how do you say this, fulfillment out of, much more fulfillment out of than I had doing the management of, you know, in the higher capacity. So, but that took me some time. And, and so I thought that because I was mature, I wouldn't ever get angry about something. Right. <laughs> and, right. and, and, you know, like, that's not Christian. You don't do that, you know, be angry and sin not. Yeah. But get over it, girl. Well, I couldn't get over it for a long time. So, but anyway, I did finally. Well, that's the thing. That's a, uh, that's a statement of fact because I've talked to people too, you know, about this, and they they would talk sometimes years later and say, "I remember when you talked to me about, you know, about retirement, and I didn't really want it, you know." And there were different reasons why that had to had to happen, but I know that it does leave a deep scar with, with yeah. people. And here we have to say that we have to all be ready for that day because that day will come in some way, you know, either yeah. you get sick. Or uh, mm -hmm. there's family reasons, or financial reasons, or your company, whatever. And, and you know, in my particular role, I have gone through breakup of the church. You know, back in 1995, which was a very right. tra tra traumatic time, extremely traumatic time. And mm -hmm. then you know, the start of a new church. You know, the unknowns there. But also, as my wife and I look back, we are so thankful. We are so thankful that God has directed us through all these things. And that mm -hmm. we have learned things and that we have even learned through suffering to be able to to be helpful to others. I know, you know, I, I realize a lot of times we're able to relate through to others and what they're going through because we've gone through it ourselves. And I don't we don't always choose that, but God knows best. And he also knows what's around the corner. And I don't always like that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's what is right, and and I have and I have to say it's taken me. We moved out of the area, we uh, and into a brand new um, home and church area, and I lived in the other area my whole life. And when you're in your sixties and you're uprooting everything and then moving away, it's it's really um, discombobulating, I guess you should say, mm -hmm. I could say. And of course, then after COVID, you start a new congregation wearing masks for the first two years and you look at everybody and you think they're mad at you, right? And like, well, <laughs> these people don't like me very much, but nobody could tell what an expression is with a mask on. So it wasn't, it was a very, um, difficult time, but the last year or so I've been starting to get involved in other things. So I guess my point is, is that that transition time, you know, between the endings and the new beginnings, it doesn't, some, for some people, it's not quick. For others, it's quick. You know, you move, and that's what everybody would like to have. But if it's not, then you kind of really have to just ride the, ride the wave. Well, I know that in my particular case, and I just really admire you for being able to be so open and to talk about these things. I'm a person who likes projects all the time. I, I mm -hmm. don't like philosophizing as much as I like to actually do something. And so mm -hmm. I've had the podcast going before for eight years, a weekly podcast that I had 240 episodes. And then I just decided to start this one here, the Cubic Report, not mm -hmm. knowing where it would go. But I found out that I, I'm doing it all. I'm doing everything from finding my guests to formulating the discussion to editing it, uh, which I really enjoy doing, to uh, 
you, you know, putting on a server and, and having to go out there and ha having no success with it. And I, I have really enjoyed it. And then I've also mm -hmm. done some writing on the side too. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that I had not done that I've been able to do now is to have longer telephone conversations, you know, mm -hmm. with people around the world. Right now, calling people on the phone is so cheap. In fact, it's free on WhatsApp. Yeah. And I talk to people in Africa. I talk to people in Australia. I talk to people all over the world, and I can actually have a half hour to forty-five minute conversation that's satisfying. That is that's wonderful. Good instead of just saying, "Look, I only got ten minutes. Let's get down to business." And I find mm -hmm. that having my experience and to have the knowledge that I do to pass on to others is helpful. And I appreciate their friendship and being able to, uh, to, to, to be able to talk to them and to hear, hear their story out about their children, about their family, about their work, about all types of things that relate to life. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's a, it's a blessing that you have all of those different skill sets and you, in your, you have a, um, a broad spectrum of areas that you can, uh, apply yourself to. And some people, uh, when they're going through retirement, were very focused on one area. And, you know, I remember I used to lead these executive network, it was an executive roundtable, and every Monday, and I'll tell you, you, you see the humanness of, of, it doesn't matter how high up you are, you know, I, I've worked with, you know, people in the ground floor of the manufacturing groups and that were losing their jobs and they didn't even speak English. I had to try to translate Vietnamese on them talking about words like what's your accomplishments, you know, and they look at you like what? And but they all have families, they all had a job. And some of these people come through cultures that look at losing a job as a um, like a, a black mark on you. And when they don't, they don't understand the the realities of the modern day industry and and how they just move on but so their focus was sometimes narrow mm -hmm. and very difficult sometimes for them to kind of broaden out and look at what other things are there so what i found is that in those groups it was facilitating those groups they helped each other so staying involved with people Getting involved in some type of a, 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 I, you know, sometimes people don't like the word support group and you can call it whatever you want, but it's other people helping other people. And also, and it's really broadens your network and you also get to celebrate successes. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, that guy did it. I guess I can too. So you're not all alone in the four walls and just doing laundry and, you know, taking out the garbage. You're involved. And, and that's super important. Well, I think there's also a change in relationships because in the work environment, sometimes it's very competitive. Uh, sometimes it's very competitive. Yeah. And, you know, people look at you with envy and jealousy, you know, and, and perhaps mm -hmm. uh, other designs. But when you're all retired, you kind of all share your stories. You know, I don't want their job. They don't want my job. But you can yeah. just share the story and it, it just rides on its own merits. Yeah. So I was curious about a, a question. I had something that I was I was thinking about in respects to your experience um, in roles where you're used to helping a lot of people and we often don't know how to help ourselves. You know, I, I just recently realized this is really silly, but you know, the second part of the greatest commandments, which is love others 
well, I didn't know or think about it said as yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious in how you're taking care of yourself. Probably not as good as I should. I would... I, I know those words, you know, loving yourself, and I've even seen seminars and people talk about that. And, and still in my mind, I think of that as being very selfish, you know, to be, mm -hmm. to, be, mm -hmm. to, to be loving yourself. So I have perhaps not really attuned to that because I'm not sure what it means to love yourself. Is it to look at the mirror and look how nice you look, yeah. you know, or narcissism yeah. and, and that type of thing? And I absolutely don't really uh, go that direction. But I would say that um, one way that I take care of myself more is that I'm with my wife almost the whole time. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we no longer travel like we did. And I, we have just done a lot of travel. We just zing here. I've been to all 50 mm -hmm. states. I've been to all five continents. I've been to uh, almost all of our church offices around the world. And I loved it. I loved it. But now mm -hmm. I don't have that desire to just take off and, 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 and go there. But I find that... Uh, just sitting down in the morning and talking longer, you know, with her. We, we talk through something and mm -hmm. we find that we don't have to hurry it up because I've got to get to work, but to be able to discuss it. Uh, also, I feel that uh, we have a program where I try to exercise. I've, I've got a little bit of a knee problem here, mm -hmm. but, but I know that that is very, very important. And also we have decided to uh, listen to a few audible books together, which has been very helpful. So we've done other things that are more time consuming, which we couldn't afford to do because of mm -hmm. time, but now we're able to do them. And I find that they are very, very uh, healthy that way. So mm -hmm. we're, we're getting there. I've just been retired now for 10 months or mm -hmm. so. And wow. It, I'm surprised it's gone that it's it, been that long. It's been, it's been that long. And, and yeah. honestly, Carol, with your, writing to me and just asking how I was doing, not knowing that this was your business or this was your career, kind of mm -hmm. took me aback at first. And I thought, well, this lady's kind of really concerned. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you, you wrote me that uh, uh, memo and you talked about different things to be done. And mm -hmm. then I saw what, what you were doing and it was just so helpful. So I uh, contacted you and, oh. and this is how we were able to get talking about this subject. It's also well, been very help, helpful to me uh, mm -hmm. to kind of wrap my mind around real positive things and uh, to see new opportunities that have come my way. Other things have kind of come my way. One is that our local Rotary Club here uh, asked me to be the president Wonderful. Of, you know, of the club. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I felt, I felt a certain uh, sort of a bump in self-worth. <laughs> Yeah, and the way they put it, this is if you can run a church, you can run Rotary Club. So yeah, so I, did, I thought that was that that that, yeah. that was wonderful, and also I sit in on meetings with them and and, and find myself talking with. We we do have community leaders, you know, in our club where we're all equal. Yeah. So we have a school yeah. superintendent, we've got the chief of police, we've got a Delta Airlines captain, we have a uh, judge, a domestic relations. A court judge, where we're all friends. You know, we're just, mm -hmm. we're, 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 as Rotarians, you kind of are equalized. And so I, I have found that to be a, a experience. I, I've been in Rotary for 23 years, but to be in the management of it was has been very, very uh, uplifting. So they're just new, new areas. And then as I speak mm -hmm. and as I talk about things, also one more thing that I've done, as mm -hmm. people do, is they start writing memoirs, if you want to put it that way. And mm -hmm. I, I want to write about certain things that uh, I have experienced in the church. 
because I've been on uh, the ground floor of some of the troubles that led to the start of United Church of God, and also been on the ground floor of United as we started the new direction. And I've right. and I've uh, called this project Ground Zero. <laughs> you know, of, yeah. of where I've started. So I've had good interviews and talks with people, and want to be able to write that. So. The sky's the limit right now. We're, we're, we're very happy, and we're still trying to decide where to live, uh, and we're still working on that. So right. I probably rattled on here longer than I should. No, it's really <laughs> wonderful to hear that you've got a lot of things going on. I, I guess I will, I will just bring in a couple things to consider is, you know, sometimes at there's a certain point in our life that there's something about not being busy that actually is helps us to see things from a different perspective and like even that that i had the same kind of i have a dear friend who always would tell me calls me care and he would always say care remember when you're on the airplane and the and the you know the little mask drops down you're supposed to put it on yourself first and i'm cuz i never ever liked the thought of loving quote unquote myself right mm-hmm. so but it's it's like it, i'm learning that um it, i don't have that i don't have that right and i'm not there yet about just having a sense of self-respect because of who I am in God. Mm -hmm. And there's this wonderful scripture that, you know, just stopped me and it's Isaiah 30, 15. And it says in returning and rest, you shall be saved and in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And that is something that stopped me because I'm like, I'm not that way. I need to be busy. I need to be involved. I need to be, you know, and, and I was taken to a place where that, that was very different, you know, um, and I'm learning, I'm growing and I'm waiting on God, right. For him to show me what's next, Carol. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I was thinking about some of the things that, people have gone through, you know, rolling back into my, my job a little bit, I know the impact and the of, of these types of changes. And sometimes they sneak up on people. Um, and I, I remember during the, the 2008, 2009 crash that my client load went from 70 to 700 clients on my you know, plus not only that, managing the six offices and the nine employees and a lot of staff, you know, in, in two regions, um, part-time staff. Um, and, and I, and I remember that, you know, all the people that were in the office, you know, there was wall-to-wall people, despondent and angry faces, and there were suicides that were coming, you know, being Mm -hmm. reported of some of these organizations and companies. And I really felt like, out of like this, how in the world will I ever help these people? I never felt so helpless in my life mm-hmm. as I did then. Sorry, it's a little emotional. But no, yeah. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting across the table from one guy and he could hardly talk. And, and, and one of the things that I found the most important, helpful thing to do is listen and just sit and just be next to somebody because they can't talk. And I asked him, you know, are you considering suicide? And he said, yes. Mm -hmm. And this guy was a very prominent leader 
you know, he was known in his, in his, his area of expertise. He said, but I am seeing a doctor and I am under care, which I was grateful for because other than that, I would have had to stop the conversation and call for help. But mm-hmm. anyway, we, we talked quite a bit and he told me about an invention that he created and it was this interesting, he was an engineer and it was a posable mannequin uh, what that would look like is if you know you were at a, a store and you know where they have clothes or hats or things on people this could fold up in a box and it could be you know portable so he brought it to me a few days later and he showed me he was so proud of it that he had made this little guy I don't know I've never seen anything like it in my life but he it was his little creation that he he felt what he wanted to show me. And the next morning when I got up and opened up my emails, there was a email from him and it was a picture of this posable mannequin on its knees with praying hands. And it said, you saved my life, you know? And so sometimes you don't realize how little things just sitting with somebody just listening just so you know when I hear of somebody going through something that I realize how huge impacts can you know can be you know I I had one you know client that who's actually still a client to this day who almost lost his wife and he got laid off and his wife had breast cancer and out of that he decided to create an instrument that would help to detect cancer and he was not from the medical device industry he was he was out of the semiconductor capital equipment industry mm-hmm. he created with another individual another engineer this this device that's now being used in hospitals and helping to detect um, where cancer is so they don't have to go back through the pain and agony of what his wife had to go through with multiple surgeries but you know he reinvented his life many times and we've worked through those times as friends, as as a client, and you see people. It, it's just there's hope. That's that's you know what I want to say is that there's hope, mm-hmm. and 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 you just kind of you just you don't know what's coming tomorrow. You're you're gonna face what you're gonna face, and you're doing you know, in your, in your case, I would say, I'm really excited to hear all of what you're involved in. And, but sometimes it's okay to lick your wounds, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, you know, pain, you know, it is pain. There's no other word to, you know, put syrup on it that that describes it any different, but it is, it is painful, but Mm -hmm. that, you know, what I think of about, our, our Savior Jesus Christ went through the pain that he learns through his suffering. And I just mm-hmm. I, I understand that. There's just certain things you will not understand unless you go through it successfully. And I, I feel sorry for those who actually do commit suicide or those who do fall off the cliff. Yeah. You know, but I'm thankful for those who really get through it and become mm. a better person from it. I know well, that- and and I'd want to add something. Sometimes it's letting go too. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes there's the roles that we were, we have a difficulty letting go of our position and our, cause there's this big ego involved there that you didn't realize you had. Mm-hmm. 
And I really faced that big time. You know, I, I felt like how, you know, wait a minute, how come nobody's calling me anymore? How come I'm not important? How come I'm, you know, and I just, I didn't like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes it's difficult to move from one capacity to another. Everybody's different, as I say, and, but it is also another challenge that people face is their egos. And that's hard to uh, admit, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that this is nothing more than just pride or ego Mm -hmm. or that's been injured and bruised. We all as human beings have it. And that is one of the things that we have to uh, learn to deal with. Uh, I find too, that one more thing that this change has done is uh, really made me look around to other people. And I've been in the service business, so to speak, you know, serving the ministry, serving churches and everything. But then are you really serving or are you, could you be doing more? And people say, mm. well, how could you do more? Well, there are more people. Th- th- there are people that you could really help out. One of them is you know, our family. You know, I have grandkids. And yeah. you know, listening to the granddaughters talk, and if we're planning with one of them, we're planning a trip. And we're, we're looking forward to where we're looking in a more laissez-faire way mm-hmm. on these things rather than just being stuck to a very, very rigid schedule. And so mm-hmm. I, I find that one of the reasons, you know, in, in the book of Isaiah about uh, the subject of fasting was, is that, you know, have you cut yourself off from your close ones? And yes. one of the reasons, you know, for fasting is to be able to connect to people who are, who are close to you like you hadn't before. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, when you're thinking about, diff- you know, what, what helps people through these kinds of things, I, you know, what's helped me. Um, I've got a little, I've got a knitting group, you know, that I get together with. And I I think I rip things out more than I, more than I make anything. I, you know, but it's so much fun to be with the, the ladies and, and hear their, what's going on in their lives. And it's just, it's a different type of connection, but it's a connection Mm -hmm. and, and it's, and it's sisters sitting together and, you know, my sister is here and, a lot of the reason that I moved up here was because of her. And mm-hmm. she's also in the same career as I am. She's a professional resume writer. She does more of a different focus than I do. You just, you start, I'm actually just joining the guild for uh, spinning and weaving guild here in the local area. And I would love to become a master gardener because that's one of my loves. So there's just, there's new things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been asked to go back to where I was and, you know, in a different capacity. And I just thought, you know, the last thing I really want to do anymore is just sit. Um, I sat a lot in my job. You know, I was either coaching in front of at tables. I was either facilitating groups or I was, you know, on the phone in meetings and Zoom meetings and meetings and meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that hurt my health. I had cancer when I was 2013 Mm. and um i so that that changed my life a lot and my perspectives and the reality um of life and i just i just want i don't know i think that those small relationships are not so small no they're actually really big no they really aren't in fact one person commented to me is uh, that he knows that our church does not have huge membership around the world in some countries Mm -hmm. there's just two or three people and he said, this is for a person outside of us. He was commenting about just the people that we serve in Scandinavia, for example, and in the Baltic republics. You know, it's a handful. It's, it's, it's not many. But the thing is, those people are important to God. 
And yes. we have volunteers that are willing to go there and to serve them and to talk to them. And it just shows, you know, God's desire not to just work with big crowds and what's economically feasible, but to work with all kinds of people. I'll tell you a little story here too, is that I had a person who wrote to me, you know, he saw my name in the magazine and one of the articles that I had written in Beyond Today, and he wanted to write directly to me. And he just said that, I'd like to write to you. I'm 102 years old. You know, oh, wow. I, 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 li I live here in, in Florida. I looked up his town. It was outside of Miami. And he says, I'm very lonely. He said that I have outlived all my three children. Mm -hmm. My wife died a long, long time ago. All my siblings are dead. And one of my grandchildren was murdered. And, you know, he just, just wrote his whole story out. Aww. And so I, I took the time to write the first couple times. So I hand wrote him, you know, a long hand. Mm -hmm. And then I, we've been writing back and forth, you know, for a good four or five months. And we've developed a relationship. Now, I would not just do that out of the blue, but he is important. You know, he's 102 yes. years old. He's a life that God yeah. loves. And, yes. and, and I've been able to be an instrument. So I even sent him some stationery and stamps you know, so that we could, you know, could, you know, you know con continue our conversation. But I do feel like certain things become, different things become important after mm -hmm. retirement. Yeah, it's really true. And, you know, sometimes the, <laughs> I don't know, I, I remember hearing this person she was a, a podcast person she she said don't forget that god loves you and he loved you before you were even born with an everlasting love mm -hmm. and you know that spoke to me i just didn't realize it you know it was like it made me cry because i thought oh i never think about that because i'm always busy right i'm always busy trying to fix help mm -hmm. Uh, whatever you know in in my life it's just the way that I am and God made me and that's okay you know it's just that I'm learning new ways of being and one of them is receiving from him you know uh, just a different kind of um, depth I guess you could say and and that's the thing you can do with this individual is there's a depth there that you can get into whereas when you're at a high level it's really hard it's an important position to be in but so is the other, mm -hmm. you know. I have another question for you, though, but it might be something for you to think about. Okay, why don't you go ahead? You ready? Yeah. So when someone retires, there's a chance that it will impact their spouse. And my mother had a high role in an organization, and her husband was a doctor. My stepdad was a, a, a physician. And she retired, and she liked it. And then he retired. And she said, Carol, he's oppressive. <laughs> and they were best friends. So, you know, I guess what I would ask you to maybe think about is the impact of what happened on your wife, which you probably already do, and how she would like life to go. Well, I can answer that very easily. My wife is an extraordinary person. She really is. She's just, a, she's just absolutely a saint. She had been part of my ministry all through the time we've been married. And she has, when I had two churches on a weekend to, to speak to, she would go to both of them. She wouldn't just wow. go to one and just go home. She would go with me to both services. Uh, mm -hmm. She's always had high involvement, in fact, more involvement than sometimes I walk, you know. And also, with all the travel that I have done overseas and 
going to some very, very difficult parts of the world that people wouldn't want their mate to go to. Yeah. Uh, she went to all of those areas with me, every single one of them, you know, in the depths of Zambia, you know, places that were difficult mm -hmm. not only to get to, but even to uh, be, be able to stay for a short time. And we always knew that, well, we can go there, see these people, but then we come home. <laughs> you know, these were mm -hmm. difficult areas, but she's the one that's been the saint in it. And now, basically, our situation might be a little bit different because my wife has always been a part of our ministry. Now that I'm home, you know, she, she loves it too, because n nothing's changed really. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, just make sure you ask her that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly will. <laughs> Carol, it's give, been... her the, give her the chance to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I answered it sort of uh, with, uh, <laughs> without, without her, without her input on it. So uh, yeah. we'll see if, if, if this plays out, in the final edit, it means she was okay with it. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. Carol, it's been absolutely yeah. wonderful talking to you, and I would like to be able to continue this discussion because I would like to know more uh, about uh, different tips that we could give to our uh, audience about, okay. about advice to plan because, you know, it doesn't take too many mathematical mathematical genius to know kind of when your time will be up. If, and I think the most important thing is to tell them what to expect and yeah. to, uh, tell them that how they will feel exactly what their feelings will be and how mm -hmm. to manage them. Perhaps give some uh, story, success stories, you know, uh, of people that have been. Uh, also, you might want to tell people or talk to people about kind of preparing a, a route of what they would like to do. I, I know that I'm a I'm a person that loves my job, and I guess one of the questions I get really bugged by when people ask me, "How's retirement?" <laughs> it's almost, oh. I hate that. I hate that. It's yeah. almost like you're saying, "You know, how are you just laying around?" Which is well, a good answer is I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've said that too. So, you know, yeah. But I, I have been very, very involved. I said I'm not going to be on a cruise playing shuffleboard. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to just kind of sit there in a rocking chair or move to some Florida community and be with senior citizens playing cards all day. It's just not <laughs> yeah. me. I just I can't do that. I want no. to. You know, I this this yesterday I wrote a, a blog article that. Uh, uh, well, I'll just just mention this a blog article about uh, for the days of eleven bread, mm -hmm. about which commandments we keep the best, and uh, I just, just there were some thoughts that I had for a while and I kind of put them together really. It wasn't quick because I probably thought thinking about it for months, but the final draft I, I did it. And then I, I, I wrote it and it was actually kind of good. I got a call today from Germany uh, who saw that blog. I just posted it yesterday and they said, we really like that. We felt that that was uh, very well written and we're translating it to German and sending it to all the German brethren. <laughs> all the German oh, people. wow, that's great. So that, you know, the secretary called me from just before the just before we started doing the podcast. In fact, I said, I got to wow. go. I said, I've got a podcast to do. And so that cheers me up. It cheers me mm -hmm. up that you still have value. And I think mm -hmm. that we, we need to prepare people for the values that they can offer and um, be able to prepare them. But Carol, let's do that on another podcast. Okay, sounds great. Thank you so much okay. for the opportunity and um you're doing great. I'm really. It makes me feel good to hear your all the all that you're up to. That's and awesome. Also, Carol, it's been wonderful meeting you, 
and mm-hmm. to know all the things that you have done. I had no idea, even when you were visiting here in Cincinnati, of all the depth of experience that you've had and how you've been able to articulate this. This has been wonderful. So thank you for joining us here. Can I just add one thing? I know you, but sure. I will tell you that that is one of the hardest things is that no one knows who you are or what you did or what you do until you get closer to them. Mm-hmm. And so once you're retired and you're out of your world in the capacity that you're in, it's you become invisible. And that is very hard. So mm-hmm. you just gave an example of me showing up at a place, but nobody understanding and nobody likes to hear somebody say, Oh, I'm so great. And I did all these wonderful things. Right. So you just don't say anything. No. Right. So anyway, that's, that's, that's for another time, but thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And, and uh, I'll get back to you. Okay. Take care. Take Bye-bye. Care. Bye-bye. We thank you, our listeners for joining us here today for the cubic report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at thecubic at gmail.com, V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.